Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. Thanks for listening in today. Regardless of what you believe, where you come from, or what questions you might have, you are welcome here. Our mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. If you want to partner with us, or if you're interested in more information, head over to brave.church to find out more. There you'll see resources to help kids learn more about Jesus, discussion guides for this talk, as well as ways our Brave Compassion team is responding to needs in this season. To catch the full Brave release, including worship and other updates, check out this talk on YouTube. Now, thanks for joining us. We hope this talk helps you find and follow Jesus. Hey, Brave Church. Thanks for joining us today. We're going to begin a little differently. I just want to celebrate something because I love good news. Do you guys like good news? I love good news and I love our church. I found out from our team this week when, when a report was run looking into our data on people gathering with us online that more people are gathering with us weekly than any month in our church's history. Uh, based on the report ran with our YouTube data factoring in views, watch time, and the new standard multiplier of 1.5 per viewer, we have gone from an average of 800 in-person attenders to 1,200 weekly, including our kids. And so that means that our church has grown through this pandemic. And, and I share this because it's important to remember that even if we can't see everyone's faces, lives are being impacted. People are finding Jesus. People are growing in their faith. This season has looked very different, but the winds haven't changed. And so let's not take that for granted. Let's thank God. Let's celebrate. And one more quick thing as a side note, if you missed it, you can watch afterwards on YouTube or find it on social media, but we just announced our four-phase plan for coming back on campus, and we can't wait to see you. Okay, let's get into it. Hey, right now, we are in a talk series called Think Different, looking at the power of our thoughts to shape our lives. Now, now I just want to say something uh, to clarify, okay? Out of empathy for those with mental illnesses, this series is for everyone, but the focus is not on mental illness. And I have several family members who struggle with mental illness, and, and our family knows that struggle well. So what we're talking about isn't meant to be offensive in any way towards someone who faces those kinds of challenges. So I just want to make that sure that we're clear on that, okay? But let's pray as we begin, okay? God, thank you for this opportunity that we have to gather around your word, wherever we're watching from, wherever we're listening from. God, I pray that you would literally open our minds to hear from you, that you would open our hearts to receive from you, and that you would give us the passion and the motivation to obey and follow through with whatever it is that you reveal to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, well, hey, our key verse in this series has been Proverbs 23, 7. It says, for as a person thinks, as he or she thinks in their heart, so they are. Now, this is the premise, okay? This is how powerful our thoughts are. If you want to change your life, you have to think different. How many of you would say that even though it may be embarrassing to admit, you live with regrets or regularly make decisions that you don't like? Things that you do that you wish that you didn't do. Uh, maybe you've asked yourself in your head or, or even out loud, what was I thinking, right? Or, or why do I keep doing that? And if that's you, raise your hand right now, wherever you're watching from, just keep your hand up. 
Okay, now the rest of you perfect people, you can sit there, polish your halo. This message is for all the real people out there today, okay? The real people, we're gonna get real, prepare to get real, okay? I was just listening to a leadership podcast the other day and one of the guys they were talking to, he said something that I just thought was so true, I'll never forget it. He said, I have participated in every bad decision that I've ever made. Who can argue with that, right? Like I have participated in every bad decision I've ever made. For example, have you ever decided I'm gonna eat healthy? And maybe you do for a day or two and then you're having dinner with someone and they made a special dessert and you can't be rude. You can't turn down that cake that they put so much love into making just for you. And so you cave and you say, I'll take a slice. I'll take a small slice. I mean, why go halfway to nutritional hell. Let's go all the way. So you top it off with a scoop of ice cream. Maybe you have seconds and, and then you think, I'll just start over again tomorrow. You start making promises to yourself. But then you wonder later that night when you go to bed or the next day when you wake up, why do I keep doing this? Why do I work so hard for a few days just to throw it all away? When our minds want one thing, but our actions convey another, we're not living out our values. And that's, that's my struggle, you know. What, what, what was a hard pill for me to swallow during this pandemic is that I ran more miles in 2020 than any year in my life. In fact, last year, I ran 461 miles. And my goal was to lose 10 pounds, get in the best shape I've ever been, the best shape of my life, and I didn't lose a single pound. In fact, I gained weight. I ran 461 miles and I didn't lose a single pound. What's up with that, you guys? Then my wife and I, we got a Peloton. We'd, we had some unexpected financial gifts and, and a period of saving. And, you know, we're just all in on this home gym thing. And so we, we ordered this bike and it finally came after three months of waiting. And then there was a delay. Uh, and, and, and so we finally get it, and it's like the end of January, right? And, and then I decide I'm just going to go all in because you know what? The problem is, is it's really hard to lose weight running. Everyone I know that skinnies into cycling. And so I got on this bike, and I did like 10 rides in the first two weeks, and guess what? I didn't lose a pound. I was sore, but I didn't lose any weight. Here's the truth. The problem for over a year now hasn't been my exercise, That's not what's keeping me from my goals. And I can't deceive myself anymore. Chipotle, pizza, and cheeseburgers are the enemies of my goals. Which sounds blasphemous, right? Because Chipotle is a gift from God. But full disclosure, I had all three of those this last week, okay? (laughs) Why do we do the things we don't want to do? You know, maybe you decided I'm gonna be wise financially. We're gonna, we're gonna get out of debt and for 11 straight days, you're making good decisions and then you have a really hard day at work or a rough day of parenting. So you, so you wanna soothe your pain and you go to Amazon and you start browsing or if you're my wife, you go to Target, you buy two pairs of shoes, an outfit and a few of those low priced items that they put right in front of the store as you walk in. They just get you right when you walk in. Why do we do this to ourselves? Why is it that sometimes when we know we should apologize, we don't? Or or when we know that we should take responsibility, we do the opposite. When we know what's right, we do what's easy. Why is it that we so often make the same bad decisions over and over again? We don't have to live this way. There's a famous quote 
It's often been attributed to Albert Einstein, which it turns out it actually probably wasn't him, but it's still a great quote. And and it says, insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. Yet this is the cycle that many of us find ourselves trapped in on a regular basis. We need to break through. We need to break through this cycle. Turn to the person you're watching with and say, you're insane. (laughs) And and then say, and so am I. Today, we're going to talk about breaking through, breaking through. Uh, Maybe your bad habit is, is how you spend your money. Maybe it's related to your health. Maybe it's your relationships. Maybe you've had a couple bad relationships in a row. Here's the truth. If we don't recognize our bad habits, the part of every bad decision that we're a part of Uh, If we don't recognize that, we can't break through, okay? So God doesn't want us to live in a cycle of bad habits. He wants us to break through them. And so today we're we're gonna look at the advice of an early church leader who had a lot to say about this. He knew what it was like to realize his whole life was headed in the wrong direction. And he even knew the struggle, even after he committed to following Jesus, he knew what it was like to wrestle with doing the right thing. His name was the Apostle Paul. Now, a little background on Paul. Paul was a great thinker, okay? Really smart guy, great leader. He knew how to hear God. He knew how to make great decisions. But there was a time before he became the great Apostle Paul when he was fighting for God while actually opposing God. Paul was a Pharisee. He was a zealot. He was hunting down and imprisoning followers of Jesus in the name of God. He he didn't believe in Jesus. He didn't believe that Jesus was the son of God. He didn't believe the story about Jesus dying on the cross, being resurrected. He wasn't wasn't bought into any of that until one day when Saul, who more often is referred to as Paul, was on the road to Damascus. Now, interesting fact about his name, um, you may not have heard this, but Saul was the Hebrew version of it. Paul is the Greek. So it's not that his name was changed as many think, it's that the Greek version represented the, the, the ministry to the Gentiles, the non-Hebrew world to which Saul was sent. So Saul is traveling along this road and Jesus himself supernaturally appears to him. He blinds him and he says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. And, and so this is one of the biggest 180s in the Bible. Talk about thinking differently. Paul's entire value system started changing. His core beliefs, values, even his worldview, these fundamental changes to his life completely changed the way that he thought about things. In an instant, everything that Paul believed about God, his entire life mission, his purpose, everything shifted. And I wanna highlight this backstory Because it's very important to know the words that we're about to hear from a man who knew what it was like to be very confidently wrong. Paul was successful. He was good at his job. People respected him. He was at the top of his class. He appeared to be very spiritual, except one thing, he was headed in the wrong direction. Paul knew what it was like to have the best intentions and be sabotaged by his own wrong thinking. Later in life, You might have thought that he had it all together, right? Because he's been through all this stuff, but he actually shares some deep insight and truth to the struggle that we're all up against. It's in Romans 7, verse 15. It says, I do not understand what I do, 
For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. If you want to stop doing some things that you do not want to do, if you want to stop making decisions that lead you to places that you do not want to be, to relationships you do not want to be in, or to results that you truly are not happy with, if you want to break through the bad habits and the struggles that keep us headed in the wrong direction, there are a few things that we need to do. And the first one is this. If you're taking notes, number one is to recognize our propensity to drift. Recognize our propensity to drift. Uh, If we aren't aware of how our flesh causes us to veer in the wrong direction, we'll never get momentum in the direction that we want to go. Galatians 5.17 says this, for the flesh sets its desires against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. Our human propensity to mess things up continually tempts us in a direction that is not in our best interests. And and from the moment that sin entered the world and from that point forward, we have all had this bent to go in the wrong direction. Well, what about when I became a Christian, you might ask? Like, doesn't that change some things? Well, yes and no. A whole lot of stuff does change, but some remains the same. You still have a sinful nature. And so this explains why even some people that we expect so much from, like even some pastors, well-known pastors, fall morally, make big mistakes, and let a whole lot of people down. See, see, just because you decide to follow Jesus, it doesn't mean that your flesh is gone. But, But there's good news too, okay? You may at times have very real and strong desires to do what you do not want to do. But you also have a deeper desire for God and what he wants for you. See, the Jesus factor in your life means at the core of who you are, you now want him more than anything else. Number two, if you're taking notes, consider the worst lie that we could believe. Consider the worst lie that we could believe. In John chapter eight, it says that the devil was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. The number one strategy of the enemy of our souls is to get us to believe a lie. Behind every sin we commit is either a lie that we're believing or an ungodly vow that we've made with ourselves that takes us in a wrong direction. Do you know what the very first lie that Satan convinced humanity to believe was? that I know what will make me happy better than God does, that I know what will make me happy better than God does. Listen, that's what he convinced Adam and Eve to believe in the garden. It's the root lie that affected everything. And when we believe that lie at any level or in any area of our lives, we're on a pathway to deception and we're headed away from God's best for our lives. The war in our minds goes a lot like this. Everybody's doing it. I've just bought into a lie. Um, There's no problem with this. It's not that bad. I've just bought into a lie. Uh, In this area, the Bible is just so old-fashioned that it hasn't caught up with the times we live in. I've just bought into a lie. Or or I know what I'm doing. um, They just don't understand. Uh, I may have just bought into the lie of not wanting to hear from the community that God has placed around me for my protection, for my benefit. 
Or maybe it's a wrong vow, like I need to protect myself because I promised myself I would never get hurt like that again, so I'm gonna put up some walls to keep people out and to keep from letting others into some of the intimate parts of my life. Or we never had enough growing up, so I need to hoard. Whatever I do, uh, I need to keep for myself. I can't be too generous or I might run out. Or that kind of person betrayed my trust or hurt me, so I'll never get close to someone with that kind of personality, ethnicity, or resemblance again. See, the problem with believing any of these lies is the moment that we believe them and we start acting on them, we're disobeying God. And disobedience over time normalizes bad decisions, and even worse, it hardens our hearts. And so it's important for us to know that every time we act on these things and we head down this path, Satan is going to say, it's not so bad. This is natural. This this is normal. It it won't hurt you. Everybody's doing it. And and then we fall for the lie and we get hooked. See, if if you want breakthrough in your life, let's keep going. Number three, know what makes us vulnerable. This is very important. Know what makes us vulnerable. In Ephesians 4, Uh, It says in verse 27, do not give the devil a foothold. Don't give him a place in your life that he can leverage to throw you off course and mess up your life or delay the good plans that God has for you. You know what the most common thing that gives Satan room to affect you in, in, in a way in any area of your life, the most common one is any negative emotion. When we entertain negative thoughts, we're most vulnerable than any other time to believing a lie, which is why in Proverbs 4.23, it says, above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything that you do. If you wanna break through the struggles and the, and the negative cycles in your life, don't focus more on the things that you don't wanna do. Identify the thoughts that you're having and, and the, 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 that are causing you to feel a certain way and believe certain things leading to certain behaviors. Um, my papa, who passed away a little over a year ago, he used to tell me this saying, I love it. It's, it's your thoughts become your words, your words become your actions, your actions become your habits, and your habits become your character. Your character becomes your destiny. Now, that was a lot of things. Uh, if you need to pause and go back. Uh, but you just see this, this progression, right? Notice the entire, your entire future is impacted by your thoughts. The enemy of your soul knows exactly where to start. Your mind is the battlefield, your thoughts. And in an attempt to train wreck our lives, his first point of contact is this battlefield. And so, so if your thought life is healthy, the rest of your life will follow. Uh, it's important to know that we are more vulnerable at some times in our lives than others. When we have certain emotions, particularly negative emotions, we're getting set up by Satan to lose a battle if we aren't aware, which is where our next point comes into play, okay? Number four, understand our patterns of temptation. Understand our patterns of temptations. Uh, we all have patterns. We have unique fingerprints, unique voice tones, and we also have unique patterns of temptation, there are some things that tempt some of us more than others. I'm not even close to as tempted by chocolate as my wife is. In fact, I'm not even tempted by dessert. I would way rather have some cheesy potatoes or just some form of delicious, savory carbs. Like, I don't even understand how pastries are considered a breakfast thing, okay? I'm a ham and cheese croissant all the way kind of guy. Bring me the breakfast burrito, not the donuts. But my wife is the opposite. We all have unique patterns of temptation. And the enemy of our souls understands those patterns, so we should too. 
we, 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 when we understand the patterns in our lives, we can see problems coming and we can plan around them to avoid slipping back into bad habits. The Bible calls this wisdom. In Proverbs 14, 8, it says, the wise man looks ahead, a fool tries to fool himself and won't face the facts. We have to face the facts about our own temptation. Um, One of my mentors once told me that you can become wise two different ways. The experience of others, so this is gaining wisdom from others' wins and losses, or your own experience, and this is where we learn from our own mistakes. In Dr. Laura's book, 10 Stupid Things Men Do to Mess Up Their Lives, uh, she opens up saying that some men just have to piss on the electric fence themselves. (laughs) Listen, if your primary teacher in life is your own experience, the upfront cost is really, really cheap, but you'll end up spending way more than you ever wanted to pay. If your primary teacher in life is wisdom, the upfront cost is high, but the reward is often greater than we imagine. See, we must count the cost, particularly when it comes to being aware of the things that are really hard for us. When you know your pattern of temptation, you say no before you can't say no. Smart people, wise people, godly people, they're self-aware. And they're aware of what situations, people, or emotions make them more vulnerable. I know there are certain settings that I will never be in without my wife or or the right other people because I'd feel vulnerable. I heard Steve Harvey, Harvey say in an interview recently, if you ever see me at a club without my wife, call my wife. I love being with people and in places where God can use me to be a light, but who I'm with makes all the difference. And the most important person that I can have with me wherever I go, besides Jesus, is my wife. Because I respect her. She's a gift from God and I'm a better person. I'm stronger when she's around. Now, maybe for some of you, your struggle is lust. We've never lived in an age where it's easier to gratify our lust than today because you don't have to purchase the content with any other human even knowing about it. You're, you carry around access with your own phone every single day. Now, maybe you need to take an extra measure of precaution. I have a friend who locked his phone from sensitive content and what's crazy is how sensitive these blockers are. There are a lot of sites and apps that you would normally need access to that he can't use without someone punching in a code for him. And so I'm one of those people that knows his code to unlock it. If he needs access to a website that has been blocked for some reason, it's very inconvenient, but I admire that. And I admire his commitment to decide in advance what level of precaution he needs to be successful with his pattern of temptation. Lastly, Number five, let's bring it home. Follow Jesus who overcame it all. Follow Jesus who overcame it all. Let's take a look at Hebrews chapter four. This is one of the most encouraging verses in the whole Bible. It says, Jesus understands our weaknesses for he faced all of the same temptations that we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Jesus faced the same temptations that we do. Anger, loneliness, sex and sexuality, fatigue, irritability. Yeah, all of those. He's God, but also in a human body. There's nothing that you face that Jesus didn't already experience. Jesus is like, gotcha, been there, made it through that. And he's saying, I know what it's like. I know what it's like to want to tell that person off 
and, and what I'm really thinking when I'm offended or I'm frustrated or to want to go off on, on that person that is giving you terrible service. Can I tell you one of my pet peeves, okay? Can I be honest with you guys? Uh, I've never actually acted on this frustration, okay? <laughs> I've kept it inside, but you know what really frustrates me on a regular basis is when I'm in the Starbucks drive through and they say, what can I get for you today? And I say, yeah, can I get a grande Americano with two pumps of mocha and a splash of oat milk? And they say, uh, yeah, what size did you say you wanted? I said, grande. And then they say, okay, well, what kind of drink did you want? I say, uh, an Americano. And they say, thank you, is that all? I said, no, I want two pumps of mocha and a splash of half and half. And then, and then they say, okay, well, did you want cream with that? I'm thinking, do you realize how much faster this would have been if you were actually listening, <laughs> right? But, but I don't say that because I don't want to be rude. And as frustrated as I am, I care about the person on the other side of that speaker. Listen, Jesus knows what that kind of frustration is like. Jesus knows what it means to be tempted by all things. Jesus knows what it's like to be afraid to do something because it's gonna be really hard or really painful, but it's the right thing to do. And the Bible says he never sinned. He was tempted, but he never sinned. Jesus never got caught in the cycles that we find ourselves in. And this gives us hope because we're not in this fight alone. Jesus is with us. The same power that he had to conquer these temptations is in us. And you know what's pretty cool is we have the power of God within us. And we also have more than that. God's plan is for us to have each other, to encourage each other. And that's what Brave Groups are all about. You know, we're a few weeks into a new semester of Brave Groups. And we're going to encourage each other, right? Brave Church, are we going to encourage each other? Are we going to be there for each other? And if you're not in a Brave Group, email info at bravechurch.org, and I'll make sure that you get connected. If there's no room, we'll start another group, okay? But let me know, and we'll make sure that that happens. We, we need to be in community. We need the encouragement and the accountability that comes from this Jesus-centered community. And with Jesus, you know, we, we can experience breakthrough in the hardest areas of our lives. And I believe that. Let's pray. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? God, I pray right now as we come before you, as we, as we pause for a moment to hear from you, God, I pray that you would speak to each and every one of us, that you would highlight these cycles or these patterns of temptation or these areas that we need a breakthrough God, if there are vows that we have made that I will never let this happen again, I will never let this, maybe even coming from a place of hurt and pain, but God, if those things are causing more pain, more pain in our marriages and our friendships and our relationships, God, I pray that those vows will be broken. I pray that you would bring those to light. God, I pray against any lies that are being believed. I pray against the things that we are believing that Satan has planted in our minds and in our thoughts. God, I pray against those. I pray for truth to reign in our minds, God. God, we commit to you. We commit to your way. We commit to your power. We commit to the breakthrough that comes with new life in you and new birth, God. We know that our deepest desire is now for you and, not, and nothing else. If you're watching today and you don't have this relationship, you don't have this power in your life and you say, I wanna follow Jesus. I wanna say yes to Jesus today. I just wanna extend that invitation an invitation that has been changing lives and eternities since the beginning. An invitation to follow God, to give your everything to him and experience everything that he has for you. 
And if, you, if you're at that place right now and you wanna say yes in your heart, I just want you to agree with this prayer as I pray it. And then, and then you can follow up or go online, email us, can reach out, go to brave.church slash follow. We'd love to connect with you, but let's end with this prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for knowing what it's like to go through the horrors and the most painful lies and accusations and false accusations and punishments and penalties and everything that you did not deserve. Thank you that you did that for me. God, I pray now that I could begin a relationship with you, that I could make you Lord of my life and that I could experience the kind of life that is free from free from lies, free from guilt, free from shame. God, I pray today that as I begin this relationship with you, that I would just feel your love filling my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for the Brave Church Podcast. If this ministry is impacting you, please consider giving to support what God is doing through our church. For questions or to get connected, please visit brave.church. We'll see you next week.